Hello, friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode where we have a special guest, Emily Nichols, and we have a longer podcast today, but you guys are going to absolutely love it because we have some great dialogue, great tips, great real life mom examples of self-care, getting into a fitness routine, career pivots and changes. We talk a bit about identity and Whole30 and lifestyle, and we even talk on margaritas. If you're like, you guys talk about margaritas, yes. Listen all the way till the end. You are going to absolutely enjoy this episode. Don't forget to go and follow Emily's podcast, which is the Self Transformed Podcast, and follow her on Instagram. I will leave the details of everything down below. Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's podcast episode. And it is a special one because I have a special guest on here with me today that I am super excited about. We have Emily Nichols on the podcast today, and you guys are going to absolutely love her. We're talking on the topic of self-care for moms. But Emily, before we roll into this topic, And before any of you ladies go anywhere of like this fluffy self-care topic is going all around, you need to stick around and hear about this truly and genuinely the core, the center and Emily's, um, how Emily teaches on self-care because it is truly transformational, not like this fluffy, fluffy stuff that we see on the gram, right? So Emily, introduce yourself to us. How, How did you get here with us today? What do you do? Who do you serve? And tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on this show, Joelle. I love chatting with other podcasters. It's my favorite thing ever. Um, But my name is Emily Nichols. I'm the host of the Self Transformed podcast, and I help women, in particular working moms, create a sustainable health plan in not a lot of time and without the guilt through habit hacking. I could geek out talking about habits all day long and self-care especially, but I really kind of found myself on this journey, uh, this own my own transformation journey since 2015, which has been seven years. And as the beauty of our own story is we're always transforming and evolving as our life changes, as you know, work changes, our kids get older, you know, busy, different seasons of life change. And back in 2015, I found myself and my husband, we have two boys, um, 14 and 10 now. And back in 2015, we just found ourselves as a family, just really burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed. We were dealing with all of that stress in really unhealthy ways, like excessive alcohol, excessive online shopping as well to help soothe Food, cookies and margaritas are like two of my favorite things. I still love cookies and margaritas, but I was going a little overboard with it. Um, But I was, you know, I was a busy working mom climbing the corporate ladder, 
trying to like do all these elaborate things for my kids, like birthday parties where they're like, we don't care. Just give me like a cake and like an outdoor jumpy house and I'm good to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And my husband was coming off a season of life for work where he was working shift work. So he'd work nights, he would work second shift, he'd work day shift, he'd be working on the weekends and his sleep suffered tremendously because of it. And he used to be an athlete. And over that, over like about a two period time, two year period of time, he'd gained over 50 pounds and he's always been a runner and he wasn't able to run because it hurt. And we were just at a point where we were like, we just need to change. We're not giving the best of ourselves to each other, to our kids, to work, our family, our friends. So we decided to just really start with the way we were eating because we were both turning to food and alcohol to kind of help self-soothe. And he brought forth um, doing the Whole30 to me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. Like, I'm not going to give up like margarita and cookies for 30 days. But we decided to do it just as um, accountability with each other. And at the end of the 30 days, Joelle, what was the biggest transformation for me was that I actually finished something. I was like the queen of like, oh, Monday morning, you know, those Monday mornings, I'm going to start this. Here's my new workout schedule, my new diet. And then by Friday, I was like face first into like ice cream and like not working out. And just by finishing something, I was really able to evaluate my habits and relationship around food. What happened there was like a positivity snowball, like I like to call. Because from there, I was like, okay, we're going to start. I want to start moving my body because I feel better. And then from there, I was like, I'm going to start listening to books on personal development. Oh, my friend group even changed. I'm talking a lot nicer to myself. And what I figured out over time, what I had done is I built a self-care routine. I had built a self-care routine for myself that didn't exist you know, back in 2015. And over time, this has really evolved. And what I have learned as being a working mom myself was I have to have some strategy around this. Otherwise, it's not going to work in my life. It's one thing to say, okay, you know, working out is a big tier of my self-care routine. But if I don't, you know, actually intentionally make the time and schedule it, it's probably not going to happen. Um, so I've really dug deep into habit strategy and habit hacking over the past few years. I'm actually a behavior change specialist as well, which pretty much means I geek out on habit strategy. And, you know, it's, it's been the best thing ever. Just taking care of myself has really allowed me to pour into others. You know, my husband's had a big transformation story too. He's now a Boston Marathon qualified runner and he's in the best shape of his life. And we've been able to handle the hard things that come up in life and the hard seasons because we know, okay, as long as we have our health and we're taking care of ourselves, we know we can handle the other hard things and our boys see that. And it's just been a beautiful story over the past seven years. And now I'm on a mission to pretty much help other women find their own transformation, give them a lot of tools to put in their own transformation tool belt and empower them to take action on their own just with the habit hacks and self-care coaching that I provide through the show and through our programming. So that was a really long-winded answer, but that is a little bit about me. (laughs) You're amazing. You're absolutely amazing. And you're doing exactly what you're saying you're doing. And that's why I love following you. Well, actually, I just recently followed you on Instagram. I realized I was intentionally going to your Instagram, uh, like fairly consistently and watching 
And then this week I realized I don't even follow her back. Like I'm going to hit the follow so that I don't have to intentionally, but I listen to your show and I get all of your tips. And I love how you as a mom, where your kids are a little older, you do provide wisdom for ladies like me, who my kids are three and five. And I want to live with that wisdom. So then there's not necessarily like, oh, okay, well, how do I explain this without using the word regret? It's like, I want to go through this season with as many mo- a mother's wisdom instead of feet. And you do it in a way that's not like, oh, just wait till you get like, you should just enjoy it. Just wait till they get older. It's not like that type of wisdom. It's true, centered, grounded, graceful wisdom. And before we roll into it, I think I got two questions that will be very interesting for the listeners to hear your response to. And the first one is really just kind of a re a reframe of your background. And I didn't know this about you, but you weren't always into health and fitness. Like you didn't start, like for me, I grew up waking up with my mom and another mentor that I love so dearly. And we would do Denise Austin workouts on Lifetime at like five in the morning together when I was probably elementary school, middle school. And I absolutely was, fitness was always kind of just in my bones. And for some reason, I thought that that was just your story too. So you weren't always into fitness and nutrition. Talk about really what you always thought you would do, right? Like, what did you think you'd be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. And how, like, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. It's so funny because, you know, since I have my son's 14, he's today's actually his last day of middle school. He's going to be a freshman. I have all the feels about that, but you know, we're, we're in that, we're in that season of life where it's like, you know, you ask your kids, what do you want to be when you grow up now? It's actually like, yeah, you kind of like get into that point. Like, well, we need to figure out the path to help you get to be what, what you want to be when you grow up. But growing up when I was younger, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was always an active kid. You know, I did like softball and soccer and I did dance and cheerleading and stuff like that. And my mom would go to like um, ladies only. Did you ever hear of that? It's like a ladies only like fitness place. And she would do like step classes. Yeah, there was like stuff. one around here called Curve, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just ladies only. And I would watch her do Weight Watchers. I would watch her, um, you know, do, um, she had like old school, like Jane Fonda, like cassette tapes at home too. And I remember her doing those. But I would never, it never really occurred to me like, oh, I'm working out to like take care of myself. I just always assumed you worked out to like be skinny in all reality. Like that's kind of like the culture I grew up in and thinking about that and just watching my mom and that diet culture that I learned about. But growing up, I always thought, well, I need to go into the medical field because my dad was always an ex- was an x-ray technologist. So I was like, that seems like a really steady job. And then when it came time to graduate from high school, I decided to go to Indiana University because I was like, well, my sister goes there. It's close to home. Sounds fun. Okay, I'll just go there. (laughs) And I was like, maybe I'll be like a physical therapist or something. And then I looked at all the schooling for that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That seems really hard. The sciencey stuff was really wasn't there for me, which it is now as a personal trainer. But Back then I was like, well, I really like, I took a really cool art history class my senior year in high school. I'm going to, I'm going to do art history as my major. Totally not what I do now. And I threw in a business minor just because I thought I should probably have like something else in there with an art history major. And I went that just route to be like, oh, I want to work in like in a museum someday. I really love art and like the stories behind it. 
And then closer to graduation, it was like, I don't think this is meant for me, but I was, I grew up where it was like, you have to go get a four year college degree. And I, I grew up during like, this is so silly, but I grew up during the season of like MTV TR, TRL when like NSYNC and Britney Spears was like really, really popular. And I remember saying to my husband, like when we were maybe still dating, we've dated like our whole lives, like we're ancient now, but you know, she would always wear a microphone, like a headpiece. And I remember telling him one day, and I was, this is the craziest thing. I was like, I feel like I meant to be like Britney Spears and have a microphone somehow. Yes, you rock the mic. Yep. And he's like, okay. And I remember saying it to my mom too. And she was like, totally like go do something. And I'm always like, you know, I wish I would have thought of something, you know, found this passion for um, fitness and not just, you know, the physical aspect of it, but what it has done for me mentally over these years. And it really just started by taking, you know, wanting to find an outlet to take care of myself and just the, the so many different benefits of working out. It's not just physical for me. That's like second or third for me when it comes to movement. Um, but yeah, but now I'm an Orange Theory coach and I wear a mic all week. I talk into a mic in my podcast and, you know, it took me a little longer to figure out who I was meant to be and what I wanted to do, but that was just my path. That was just my path. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so crazy and such a cool story because there was always that element for me where I wanted to be a radio show host because I love talking. I loved like the call in type of situations and I also love music. And so it made sense. I taught turbo kick when I started in group fitness and I still love fitness classes. It's just very distant from the small tiny town that I live in now. And now it's podcasting because it is so cool when you put that headset on, when you turn the mic on, it's almost like an elevated expression of yourself gets to shine and you also get to give energy to other people with podcasting and talking to women you know we both have that goal of elevating and enhancing women's lives in practical ways you know like not giving this like fluffy advice that's not going to actually work or it's not customizable to and we'll be talking about habit hacking eventually but it's really making it realistic for ladies. And so I love that you shared that like background. And I really hope even more women hear that sort of encouragement because really what at at what age were you when this new business venture and getting group fitness um, certified and all that, like how old were you and how old were your kids kind of in that time? Yeah. So after like our whole 30 transformation, um, I became a spin instructor after that. Cause I started taking, um, spin classes because I was like, wow, you know, I really like this. And I remember sitting on the bike in classes being like, I could totally do this. I could totally do this. And really funny story. I was doing, um, insanity max 30 during my first whole 30, which I wouldn't recommend doing during your first whole 30. And I became an insanity instructor after that too. Cause I was like, that's like one of my soulmate workouts was like insanity for some reason during, because I think it's so nostalgic for me now during that transformation right. time in my life. But, um, when I became certified, I was 35 you know, I'm 40, almost 41 now. So I was 35 when I decided to, you know, I want to start teaching, but I was like, okay, I want to start doing it during times where I could do it before work, or I could do it 
So I coach super early now because I'm like, that's when I personally like to work out and that's what it would work out well with my kids schedule too. So it was a way where I did it, where it wasn't inconveniencing my family, but same, I was able to give that energy and watch people like see it click with people, you know, like when you get the music just right and they're doing something really challenging, you see them do it and you see them just like, like, oh my gosh, I did it. Just the power of doing something hard, whatever that personally is for you. It applies so much to real life too. And we talk about that so much in any live classes that I teach. And, you know, over the years, you know, I taught at Cycle Bar for a few years. I, I still help out with boot camp at my church just to serve there as well. And now I'm an Orange Theory coach as well, because it's another venue that I really like doing. But I also try to find time for my own fitness. Like I've started going to hot works because this past year I was like, I want to make more time for slow movement and hot sauna. And, you know, because it is a lot of giving of yourself and it can be exhausting sometimes. So for me, it's really important for me to be like, okay how can I give back to myself as well and make sure that I'm not, not making my own fitness a priority too. So yeah, over the past five, almost six years now, I've been um, in the fitness industry, but that wasn't always my path. And it's just funny how things happen that way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know for a while I struggled with an identity portion in certain transitions. And I think a lot of women do where it's like, you feel like you went to school for something or you got a degree in something, but your heart is tugging you to be home with your kids or your heart is tugging you to switch from one industry to another. And I feel like one of the best pieces of advice came from my best friend's mom. And it wasn't, it wasn't even advice she gave directly to me. It was advice she gave to my best friend. And she said that really in every decade of her life, it was a new reinvention of herself. Mm-hmm. And for me, I saw a lot of examples of like, you were loyal to the career, you were loyal to the path that you chose, which is so silly because I would see like my 18 year old cousins now and I'm like, it's okay to change your mind. Like, it's okay. You do not, you're not oh, signing yeah. a blood like our kids are right. You don't even need to go to college. Like you can do what you want. Like it's so different now. It's so different. Well, it's funny how, you know, I even, I worked for the American Heart Association for a big chunk of my professional corporate career um, for about, what was it? About eight years because my oldest son was born with a heart problem. So I started volunteering and was in a career at that time I didn't enjoy. So I started volunteering and eventually it turned into a job that was very fulfilling until I decided to pivot big time and start, you know, being an entrepreneur and working for myself. Cause that's where my heart was going. So, you know, kind of being okay with how the different seasons of your life ebb and flow and it's okay to change. It's yeah. totally okay. And I can definitely see how you describing your story. It also shows that it's like one little change at a time. It mm-hmm. wasn't like <laughs> I decided to do Whole30 and I decided to get this and I decided uh-huh. to get this all in the same month or whatever. Because oftentimes we feel like that's that's how things work out or how that is how life changing um, course corrections or course changes happen. But it's really like just one step and then another small step, and then another small step. So going into our topic today of self-care, I really love how you explain slash define it. So I want you to explain to the ladies listening, what is true genuine self-care versus like what's the really fluffy cultural self-care that's going on? And what do you feel is the difference between the two? Yeah, I feel like one is reactive and one is 
proactive. So like if you were to like look up on Instagram, like hashtag self-care Sunday, you'd see people doing like bubble baths and giving themselves pedicures or like going shopping and getting some Starbucks in the afternoon. Love all that. Love all that. Um, sometimes I feel like that can be reactive to like, I'm having a really hard day. I'm going to go have a drink or I'm going to have a, I'm really having a hard time with something. I'm just going to binge on Netflix. And there's a time and place for stuff like that and letting yourself unwind. But sometimes that's more reactive. Whereas proactive self-care is the things you do every day to take care of yourself that are actually a lot harder. Like sometimes even just getting up and getting ready for the day is hard sometimes. That self-care or some people are like oh getting you know getting to go to the grocery store by myself is self-care and I'm like no that's not self-care to me that might be self-care to someone else self-care to me is like doing a grocery order pickup so I don't have to go to the store you know and that's just something to think about like what are you doing proactively to take care of yourself mind body soul spirit and that's actually hard. It's hard to show up and do that for yourself every day, especially as a mom, because we're conditioned to take care of everyone else first. We're so nurturing and that's what makes us beautiful and amazing, but also it kind of digs us in a deep hole that's hard to get out of where we're kind of standing on a pillar of like, I should be, you know, putting all my kids first. I need to do this for my husband. I need to do this for work. And then you find yourself in a place of burnout and you don't know how to extinguish that flame. Well, you know, focusing in on what, what do you need right now? And kind of like what you just said, Joelle, it's not like, well, I'm going to do a big morning routine with like 10 things on my list. Cause that's not going to happen. That's super overwhelming. And when you try to do too many things at once, you'll end up doing nothing. So it could be, you know, like, Hey, I really, I want to move my body. Okay. Well, you know, go for a walk every day, schedule it in your calendar or have it stacked on top of something else. And then from there, see what that influences you like, Oh, I really enjoy walking every day. You know, Instead of having ice cream every night, I want to have like hot tea or something like that, you know, just, but, or still have the ice cream sometimes. Um, Cause I don't like to restrict things like that for that long. Cause I love ice cream too. Um, but yeah, it's just really digging in deep thinking about what you need, mind, body, soul, spirit and showing up and doing it every day. And I know that's hard because a lot of times women, we have so many tabs open in our head to even think about adding on like, oh my gosh, where could I even freaking fit in a workout today? That feels overwhelming. It feels better just to not do it. Yeah. I get that. That's kind of where like we teach a lot on habit strategy to make it not so hard where you have to show up and start doing one small thing, giving it time, you know, over time until it feels like an unconscious behavior. It's just something that you naturally do And you know how it feels on the other side of it and you start to crave it. And then it just becomes a natural part of your self-care routine versus something you should do. It's something you get to do. Yeah. And the proactive and reactive is so like, it just light bulb went off in my brain about when I was at home with my little, little kids. And I'm sure there's maybe feelings, like the feeling is the same, even if your kids are older, but the feeling of like doing all the things is like mom and changing diapers and all this. And I was never proactive in my self-care. It happened when I was completely drained and depleted. So when I did do something to restore and replenish myself, it didn't even really bring me back to like that baseline for energy. And another thing that really sticks out to me is what you said with, with proactive self-care is I think it's very important for us ladies to know that this is 
very individual and you really want to go on self-exploration of what really gives you energy. And it doesn't have to be like these big long things because when I started listening to your podcast, what I really realized is a part of my self-care that restores my energy at like a deep soul level, it is proactive, is music. And so now I'm more intentional about having music going on instead of just like the, the dead silence in my house when the kids are at daycare or when I'm driving to get my kids from daycare, like I'm a personal development junkie too, but there is there is a line between consuming too much personal growth and personal development. And I was like, well, I'm listening to podcasts on my walks or my drive homes. So my drive to pick up the kids, even though I'm terrible at singing, but I love music and that loud music and getting my energy from music. I really didn't notice how that re like it reset and restored me from more of a central nervous system. And I think that's where a lot of women need to understand is self-care can be, yeah, going and getting the pedicure, but when you leave the pedicure, do you actually feel like your central nervous system has been like softened? Like mm -hmm. you feel this energy in your center. I literally feel it in the center of my body, in my abs, in my belly, in like the middle of my chest. And after I get a pedicure personally, I'm like, well, I'm glad my toenails look cute, but I actually didn't fully enjoy that. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, even I know that feeling you're talking about, Joa. I just know that feeling, especially like with music. And I don't know if that comes from a place of being like a fitness instructor, because we're so deep into music when we create classes as well. Like there's nothing like it having like my windows down on like a nice day and playing like music that just makes my heart so happy. And I know that feeling you're talking about, or even like if I have go out and have like tacos and margaritas for with my girlfriends for like lunch, that feeling afterwards, like ah, that just lit my heart up, you know, just lit my heart on fire. And I feel like any lady listening, you probably know that feeling too but you maybe have to dig deep and kind of figure out, be aware and intentional and look for those feelings. Cause sometimes we're just so deep into everything else. When you have those moments, know what it is and even document it, write it down and be like, it feels really good when I do this and do more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second thing where you were talking about and gave the example of self-care being grocery shopping by yourself. I had a wonderful conversation with my mom and my 92 year old grandma about this where so many of the ladies in our age range, we are seeing things like getting our hairs, hair done, our nails, and like getting items of clothing as self-care. Whereas, I don't know, maybe it's also just like my upbringing, but my upbringing, my aunts, my grandmother, the ladies in my community, I feel like those were maintenance things, not luxury. It was like, ladies went to get their hair curled every single week and they were at like the beauty salon was also their socialization time yeah. but they didn't i don't feel like my grandma ever apologized going to get rollers in her hair it was just something she did for self-maintenance my mom prioritized going to these specialty makeup places and dropped i saw her drop big bucks on things that she used for herself even while buying tennis shoes for us and even while she still did those things where i feel like so many moms today are saying that's 
a luxury, that's secondary. And for my mom, yeah, it was 100% like super fancy, good quality makeup. For others, it may not be that, but that's why I said it's so individualized. But that example of like going and doing these self-care maintenance things, going to the grocery store, that being luxury, a luxury and self-care, like that really just is a day-to-day thing, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Or even I'm thinking of some of my girlfriends, like for them, like having like a super clean and like organized home and putting their laundry away helps them just feel like, oh, it makes my heart so happy to be like, they're big, like home edit fans. And they're like, oh, that just makes me, my heart so happy. Whereas I'm like, and the laundry can sit there for the week. Whereas, you know, or some days I'm like, I do need to clean out the clutter to help my mind not feel so cluttered. It's just individual. It's yeah. so individual and it can be whatever you want. And it doesn't have to be what society tells us, tells us what self-care is. What would you say to, or what would you respond to with the conversation of self-care being selfish? Mm. Well, I think as moms, we feel guilty a lot of times for taking care of ourselves and we're, we're just nurturers by nature, you know, and maybe even by society standards too. We think we need to be taking care of everyone else first. It's not selfish. If you're and you know, just like the saying to put your oxygen mask on first to you can't pour from an empty cup. I know when my kids aren't getting the best of me and I know when I'm not taking care of myself at the same time, I can tell like I'm more impatient. I'm not keeping myself organized. You know, I miss appointments or something because I'm so like scatterbrained and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the things I know that help me stay grounded to be so much more of a patient mom and patient wife for that matter too. So it's not selfish. It's necessary. It's necessary. And the more you do it, the more you'll lose that guilt and even having a conversation with your loved ones, like, Hey, it's really important for me to do these things, to take care of myself. Does that make you, you know, feel bad or mad when mom has to go for a walk every day? And they're probably like, no, I don't care. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think we put so much more emphasis on it being selfish or feeling guilty when your family members are like, hey, I know you're a lot happier when you do go for a walk, mom, or we can go on a walk together, which is super fun, too. And even just thinking of, you know, how you would talk to a girlfriend, if her girlfriend was like, oh, I feel so bad for doing, you know, this or that, you would be like, girl, don't feel selfish. Like self-care isn't selfish, but we don't take that on advice ourselves. So yeah. having that conversation for sure. Yeah. And I love the example you said of bringing up the dialogue with your family members. Mm-hmm. And that was one I noticed right away when my kids were little was when I took the time for my self-care, which was working out on Saturday morning, I definitely felt happier. And I came down the stairs, a happier person. And I started to say that to the kids. And while my husband was around, when I get in my workout, I am happier the rest of the day. And they started to see that. And now it's like, kind of just a a given where they know most of the time, most Saturdays, I'm still going to go in and get that, that workout in, right? Totally. With you being the queen of habits you guys her information on creating habits for yourself because habits are what sustain 
the healthy lifestyle that you want and replenishing ourselves and habits habits really are the foundation of change and are also the foundation of how you want to live in alignment with your values that's Uh what i believe like if you say something is of value to you but yet you don't have habits in place to put those values on autopilot the day takes you away the to-do list takes you away so how do habits play into self-care yeah so like i kind of alluded to earlier We have so many tabs open and even to think about scheduling and self-care for yourself as a working mom feels very overwhelming or you think you don't have any time to add on anything or if you do you feel guilty about it right so the way i look at it is like okay we have to be super intentional and you know maybe use a little science for that matter and far as far as like habit stacking um I have a three-step process I teach in all of my programming um, where it's just a cue, a routine, and reward. So we have habits that we do habitually every day without thinking about it. Brushing our teeth, going to the bathroom, making our coffee every morning. These are things we don't, that doesn't take a lot of brain power. We're going to do them no matter what. But if you're trying to add on something new, that does take take brain power. Even if it's something that's rewarding for you, it still takes brain power. You're like, I got to think about this. I got to do this. So make it a little easier on yourself by having a little habit strategy behind it. So you have to have some type of cue to do like the new um, habit. So maybe I want to take vitamins every morning and I'm having a really hard time taking them. So my cue is like, okay, I'm going to lay out my bottle of vitamins or get like a really pretty like vitamin box or something and put it by my coffee because I will make coffee every morning without fail. So I go to make my coffee. I'm like, there's my vitamins. I'm going to take it. And the reward is just the fact that, oh my gosh, I actually took my vitamins. I'm going to feel great. And then you just keep that on loop. You just keep repeating that. So you have the cue, the routine, and the reward, all three of those steps. And you stack that on top of something you're already doing. And eventually that becomes an unconscious behavior. What I love about habit stacking and creating new habits, though, is that it takes a while for, I don't necessarily love this, but what I think we sometimes forget is that it takes 21 days to form a habit, but it takes 90 days for it to feel like a lifestyle, for it to not feel so hard anymore. So just by doing some, being really intentional and thinking about what do I want to do, what is already in place in my schedule how can I do that? And how can I give myself grace? And over time, see how this feels, see how this is working on my schedule. Oh, now it's something I just automatically do on autopilot and I get the reward, the benefit from it. Right. Do you suggest women start in a certain particular area of life or like if they do, they start with just something small or do you have them be like, okay, here's your new routine. We know we want to get into shape. So we're going to change up the the food and the time you wake up and you go from zero working out to seven days or whatever like how how do you really have people go from being on autopilot with their habits because like you said we have habits that are on autopilot and some of those are bad and some of those serve us right but when somebody wants to create an intentional new lifestyle have a transformation of some sort how do you usually suggest they start? Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, thinking about self-care in general, I think of it in three tiers. It's either your body, like you're like physically like working out. I feel like it's your nutrition. Like what does your own food freedom look like? And lastly, your mindset 
And I like to simplify it like that for the ladies I work with, because there is so many other things like, oh, I got to take care of my house. I got to, you know, run my schedule for the kids and the whole family, blah, 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 blah. I feel like if you look at those three areas and feel like, where am I lacking in one of those areas? And it's like, okay, well, I want to work out. Okay. Have a reason behind it versus like, I just have to work out. Like, why do you want to work out? It's like, well, I want to be able to be active with my kids, or I want to run a race with my husband someday or do something fun and challenging. Well, then you use the habit strategies to make that work in your life. And then slowly what happens is that healthy habit influences other healthy habits. There's something called keystone habits um, that we talk a lot in our community. And these are habits that influence other healthy behaviors. So if you're eating, like when I went through my own transformation, I started eating healthier through the whole 30. I started living my food freedom. I'm like, oh, now I want to start moving my body, you know? So it'll naturally influence other things to happen. You can kind of toy with it. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to like a podcast while I take a shower in the morning and get ready and be like, oh, that feels good. I like, I like having that habit every day. Like that's something I habitually do without thought, or sometimes I do music too, or just like a fun book to listen to. And that, you know, that didn't happen overnight. That took a while too to establish. And it's not something that I love doing, but start with something in one of those three areas that you feel like I would really want to improve on this area, have a why behind it, and then just watch it'll influence other things over time. We're so quick to wanting the transformation in 30 days. It's not going to happen. This is a, mm -hmm. there's no finish line when it comes to your health. Like you're always evolving and changing. What I used to do for my health, even last year looks different than this year because my needs are different. So being open to that and just not necessarily, you know, we always have like in our heads, like, oh, I'm on a diet or for 30 days. It's like, no, just live your food freedom, like eat the foods you love, move your body to, you know, move your body and be active the rest of your life, you know, talk nicer to yourself if that happens to be through personal development or just, you know, being part of a text group with a bunch of hype girls for you, you know, whatever that looks like to you. Okay. So I'm going to roll out this end of this episode. This would be a longer one, but we're here for it with just some personal questions because you're on my podcast and I get to ask you. So <laughs> this is kind of flip-flopping topics. This one is, so you look absolutely amazing. You look absolutely amazing. Uh -huh. You're a mom of two kids and you like, you look so great and not just like, oh, abs and arms and all muscly stuff. It's like you have radiance that shines from within, like uh -huh. good, good, good energy. What would you say and get advice you would give or how you even felt in the experience of like newish mom phase, but not like new postpartum? Because I feel like with new postpartum, I gave myself so much grace because I'm like, I had a tiny little baby. But right now I feel like I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, so I'm that far postpartum. And I'm also a health and fitness professional. Like I work out consistent, eat healthy-ish. But I still feel like the body is just, it's kind of struggling. It's harder to see the physical changes. And when we see all of these like advertisements of like 30 day transformation, four week, 21 days, even eight weeks, you know, I'm like, how come my body doesn't change in that duration of time? What would you say to like a postpartum mom that sometimes I do have that thought, which I never would, because like you said, exercise is way more than just how my body's going to change. But there have been times where I'm like, I am so consistent with my activity and I don't drink alcohol and I don't have like fast food, hardly. But yet there's people who still look 
like way more in shape than I am, like kind of frustrated in their health and fitness journey and be like, what's the point? What is the point of trying to like continue this journey and see changes when it's like, God, why is my body just kind of stuck here? So really like, if you have any sort of wisdom on that, if you had that feeling at all when your kids were kind of like in the age mine are. Yeah, so I remember after my, my, cause my boys are 14 and 10 now. And I remember after my oldest son Dylan was born, I was like, well, my body's all different now. <laughs> like, whoa. But at the same time, it kind of shifted because, you know, I'm like, well, I got to take care of this little guy. And I didn't take care of myself. My, my kids are almost four years apart. And when my youngest was born in 2011, it was the strangest thing. Like I lost weight super fast after I had my second. And I think it was because I went back to work quicker. I was chasing around kids. And even in my um, maternity leave, I was getting up and I was getting ready because <laughs> I was like, I got to take my oldest kid to daycare um, before um, um, Tyler, my youngest, started going to daycare on my maternity leave. And I was like, wow, I feel really great. Then over time, all these other unhealthy habits, my body started changing. You know, I'm 40 now and I'm like, geez, even this past year, like they're like hormonally things change. I'm like, well, I'm seeing it. And just being in tune to that over time, I'm not the most confident person. Sometimes I'm like sometimes the most self-deprecating person. My husband's just like, yeah, I said that same thing to yourself in the, like, like, he's like, do you listen to your show? Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to li- no, no. listen to Joelle and be like, yes, girl, I do need to do that. But if I'm saying the same thing, I'm like, no. <laughs> so me, that's so me as well. I was actually just complaining to my husband about something. And I was like, I know, same story, different day. <laughs> but I think that's good for us to share because with two people being totally and we do, we do share that most of the time our headspace is like we work out because we see these other benefits of more energy and feeling good and having more patience. But there are times where it's just like, like I literally went to Old Navy yesterday because I was trying on my shorts from last year and I was slipping on. I was like, I'm just going to buy different shorts. I don't like these ones anymore. I'm going to go buy new dang shorts, right? Mm -hmm. And, but then there was just that spot in my head that was like, well, why don't I fit into 2020s shorts anymore? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just that crazy headspace. So I'm so glad you shared that. And then the last thing, the last question I have for you is total like curveball and different, but with you being a whole 30 coach, and that was such a pivotal transformational thing in your life. But you also said that you love margarita cookies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So how do you really ex- like share about Whole30 and that like sustainability piece yeah. when it comes to nutrition, if somebody is wanting to take that approach? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I was actually just having a conversation last week um, with a Whole30 client. She was just finishing up her Whole30 with me. And we were talking about the concept of food freedom. So if anyone listening, and if you don't know what the Whole30 is, it's a 30-day elimination protocol where you eliminate foods that are known to cause some issues for some people, you know, physically, like with your gut, maybe your skin, even psychologically sometimes, you know, and you eliminate these foods for 30 days, you systematically um, reintroduce them back in over a 10 day or longer period um, from day 31 on. And pretty much that gives you data about yourself and the foods that either agree with you 
or don't. We don't say foods are good or bad. We don't weigh ourselves for 30 days. We just. Oh, that's eat, great. We just I eat didn't whole know food. That. Yeah. We just eat whole food for 30 days and really focus on non-scale victories and really seeing, oh, what are my habits and relationship around food? And, you know, like my client that just went through it, she goes, I really realized, you know, food and experience was such a big tie for me. She was, I would have never really figured that out if I hadn't been doing a whole 30. And she was like, I learned that I don't have to have like a margarita when I'm with my girlfriends to have a good time, you know? And, but then we were talking, she was like, but how do I go into my food freedom and have a margarita with my girlfriends if I want to? And I kind of come from the space where food freedom, just like self-care is super personal to you. Whereas I would go out and like have tacos and margaritas with my girlfriends and I would have like two or three margaritas and feel like total poo-poo the next day. Whereas now I'm like, I'm enjoying this experience. Do I want a margarita? Yeah, I'm going to have one. I'm not going to have two or three. If I do big deal, I'm going to lose the guilt around that. Um, but that takes time to figure out the whole 30 is a really, I don't do whole thirties anymore because I've kind of found my own version of food freedom and the way I like to eat to make me feel good, but also, you know, feel good about myself from the outside as well. And I have data about myself. I kind of like to, um, share this story too. You know, my husband's learned that he, um, gets eczema from eating legumes, which is the craziest thing. Like he gets big patches of like dry skin on his elbows. And we learned that during the whole 30 and, you kind of decide what's worth it to you or not. Like I like ice cream, but I don't eat a ton of it because dairy doesn't agree with me, especially like Dairy Queen blizzards. I love their blizzards, but if I get like a teeny tiny one, that's okay. If I get a small, like I'm going to be like blown up for like a couple of days, but it's just getting data about yourself and deciding what's worth it to you or not. A funny story is um, my kids, it's probably like four years ago or so, they found like an old box of like red jello in the pantry. And my oldest, he's always like, oh, let's make this. So he made it. And of course he didn't eat it. So my youngest ate all of it. Oh yeah. And all of the <laughs> red second flag, born, that second. Oh my born. gosh. Don't get me started. On the <laughs> born. God love them. They're special. Yeah. <laughs> so he ate it all. So it's full of red dye, right. In addition to the sugar and other stuff in it. And I swear, Joel, like it was like, he was on like crack cocaine, just like, and just all over the place. And the next day it was like, he was hung over. And I was like, you know what? I, th I think it's like from the red dye you had Tyler, I think maybe that, you know, you're extra sensitive to that. And ever since then, you know, we've, he's had little red dye here and there and some candy and he, he knows that feeling. And as a 10 year old boy, like at Halloween, he will go through like his trick or, trick or treat um, candy bag and take out anything that he thinks has red dye in it. Cause he knows it doesn't make him feel good. Yeah. And I like to give that example. Cause that's kind of like how the whole 30 is you find what makes you feel good or not feel good, either mentally or physically. And you decide, do I want to have a little bit of it? Or do I not want to have a, any of it? Or do I want to have a lot of it and just know what my body's going to do and be okay with that. I think we get so caught up in like, this food's good. This food's bad. I got to restrict, restrict, restrict. Well, then we're like, well, now I want it all because I'm restricted myself. There's a fine balance to find that. And that's just part of um, your journey really in figuring out what works for you as far as food goes. But yeah, I love cookies and margaritas. I just don't eat the whole package or the whole pitcher of margaritas now. I think that's the ultimate goal with nutrition. I'm glad you explained it in that way because for some people it's like, it's triggering to be like, I don't want to go on something so restrictive, but when you explain it with that type of 
purpose and explanation as to why you're taking this sort of plan and approach. But then I loved how you also shared that now you're not doing that. Like you have it as a tool in your tool belt. It's like a hammer tool that you have and you can take out that hammer when it's appropriate for you and or that client to use the hammer for that that reason in that job and then you put the hammer away and i think that's where so many people have that pendulum swing mentality around food and making a commitment to starting some type of um, protocol or plan or something that has rules restrictions or or strategy to it versus it being like i'm going to do this to lose weight i think that is absolutely brilliant to not weigh yourself when you're doing something as strict as that because it can play it can be such a mind game um it can be such a huge mind game with the scale it's it's turning it around and getting data about yourself it's just data it's just stuff information to know about your body kind of like when we do um um any program with my girls, we do like a habit inventory. We're like, okay, I'm learning data about myself as far as where all my time is going with my habits. Okay. Now I have that data about myself to take forward. I think a lot of times we just think of something in our head, like, oh, you know, foods are good or bad, or, oh, I spent all my time doing this. But if you really sit back and evaluate and have that data, then you can really have that transformation. Cause then you truly know black and white facts, what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So now we need to have some margarita talk and then we'll wrap this up. So are you on TikTok? Yes. Okay. Have you seen the viral margarita TikTok situation? No. I must tell you. I must tell you. Okay. So it's the Simply Limeade, right? Like the, in the bottle. And then you just cut up, depending on how, if you like a spicy mark, how spicy you like it cut up like half I'm not I'm like a spice wimp so I cut up half I think margarita. that's all this and you okay, put it ahead. okay well, then we're telling our friends on here okay because mm-hmm. there's probably other margarita soul sisters around here somewhere I don't have like a, a go-to place for margaritas near me so I've had to hack like a good margarita and I and one that's not high in all of the things so I've got a couple margarita hacks I'm going to share with you guys but I'm no margarita massacre but we got the simply limeade you cut up the jalapeno depending on how spicy you like it add a half, add a one, add a two, if you're a spicy sister, and then put it in the fridge for 24 hours. And then you, apparently you just top it with you tequila, that mix, and it is like so good. I still have yet to get my hands on it because what I've been obsessed with is the Truly Margarita Pack. Have you tried the Oh, truly? I have tried those. The mango one is by far the 10 out of 10 for me. Love it. The mango chili one is so good, but I love having low alcohol Mm -hmm. marks. So what I tend to do, and I, I started doing this, this is kind of a weird segue, but when I was pregnant with my second, I craved like spritzers and like any sort of like light bubbly type of drink. So I would get like Spindrift. Mm -hmm. Um, flavored water and then different types of juices and I would literally like mix it up like it was a cocktail well then after having my son and realizing how bad I sleep after I've had alcohol like I would rather have a midday drink so then I have another meal and space before bedtime so then I can get good sleep but Mm -hmm. what I started doing was making low calorie 
or low alcohol content drinks. And what I do is I'll just take one of the truly um, margarita pack and then I'll top it. So I'll only make like half of it. Oftentimes I'm sharing it maybe with a neighbor, maybe with a friend that's over. I'm not a huge drinker. So this maybe happens like twice a month for me, but I'll split it. And then I top it with either like pineapple spindrift or lime spindrift and uh-huh. like rim the glass with either tahini or salt or sugar, mm-hmm. depending on what the other person wants to do. But then like not only am I having this like low calorie, low sugar, especially if you're topping it with the spindrift. So let me say that again, the truly margarita pack kind of really doesn't matter what flavor that you're mm-hmm. doing. And then you're doing half of that in a glass with ice and then fill the other half with sparkling water. I just prefer spindrift because I feel like it has more of a real fruit flavor to yeah. it. And it is so good and so refreshing. Um, You don't feel like you have this, like, I know for sure it doesn't spike blood mm -hmm. sugar like any other margarita would. And I feel like when I do try the Simply Limeade one, what I'll do is probably have, I'll probably do the same strategy where it would be like a little bit of tequila, a little bit of that like limeade juice, but then top it with like, pineapple or the raspberry lime spindrift you're welcome there's your summer Um, everybody if you guys make those make sure you tag me and emily in your posts and be like i love it sisters and love it love it we're here we're here for that and i it's funny because i share that kind of stuff and i'm so not a big drinker but i just love like spritzer type of stuff for example i even got a watermelon lemonade from aldi and it is so high sugar Mm -hmm. like just in the tiny bottle is like 80 grams of sugar and i'm probably not even exaggerating but instead i'll just do a little splash of that on ice and then fill the majority of it up with some type of spindrift and i'm in like summer summer refreshment Well, and I feel like this is very self-care ish because that feeling you get, like, why, like we have a pool here at our house and like, I love summer. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime. Come on over. So, but I love like the days where I'm like, we're out late. The kids are just swimming and outside and we're just having like a fun, like drink by the pool and like, you know, lightning bugs start coming out it's it's good for my soul so I'm gonna have to try all these recipes for sure yes yes and I got that advice from a girlfriend and I noticed that she did this herself she made every little thing in life like she tried to make it just a little bit more fancy like just a little bit more fancy a little bit more elevated like instead of instead of just grabbing like the juice box out of the fridge like she had a few like for example that whole margarita example I just gave it just feels it's bringing a little bit of elevated feeling with you to even probably the crazy chaos that's going on in the pool party with with the kids and stuff like that so thank you so much for being on here today emily you guys make sure to follow emily on instagram she's emily nichols 22 i will of course link that in the show notes self-transform podcast if you guys love this show you are absolutely gonna love emily's podcast as well so make sure you go check her out on all of the things and thank you so much for your time today Thanks for having me on, Joelle.